so you guys know this book, right? It's like a lot of pages. It's a pretty thick book. Oh, it's a Bible. And it's actually interesting because there's actually 31,000 verses in this book. It's a really, it's a lot of stuff in there. But see, if I were to go and open in one page on this book and I, and I just read, oh, does not nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a shame, a disrespect to him? Oh, well, I guess, <laughs> okay, well, guys, I mean, this is what the Bible says, right? So I just need to like get my hair like, <laughs> no. So my point is, is that that happens all the time where we take one verse out of 31,000 verses in the Bible and we build a theology all around it. We go and we post one verse on Facebook, one verse on, on our pulpits we read and one verse here and there. And we can use any verse. There's 31,000 guys. I can use any one of those verses to say anything I like. If I just say anything before and after that I wanted to say. You see, it's so easy to make it do that. And, you know, if, if, if you were to take my words in that way and speak and say, oh, PD said this one line and you take that and you put it on the front page of a newspaper and you say, this is what PD said. People are going to like freak out. It can be totally different from what I said, but people are going to believe it. And that's how newspapers make money and make their businesses because they take the one heading, one, five or six or seven words that someone said that sounds so crazy without the context. And then they twist it to say what they wanted to say. And that's exactly what we've done with this very verse I'm about to read to you. You see, does not nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a shame to him. Those words spoken by Paul. So let's look at the scriptures in context this time. And we're going to see what Paul is really saying about this. Is he really talking about hairstyles here? And is that his point? Or is there something completely different that we may be missing? I want you to understand that Paul was unable to teach anything in addition to what the law of God already said. He could also not take away from it. Deuteronomy 4 verse 2 says that we cannot add or take away from the law of God. So therefore, Paul must be careful. He cannot ever take away. He can never add to the law of God. Just like today, just like even Yeshua, just like Jesus, he could not add. He could not take away from the law. If Jesus himself did that, he will be in transgression of his father's law. And that means he would have sin on him, not be able to die from me and you. And that's it. Because we know that sin is a transgression of the law. 1 John 3 verse 4 says that. So Yeshua, Paul, etc., all of them, they must have been keeping the law. They may not add to, they may not take away from it. Now let's look at what the law says. And then in light of that, we're going to understand what Paul is really trying to tell us. So first I want to look at some examples for us in the, in the Old Testament around hairstyles the, the, how was God what was God's perception about long hair on men so in Genesis 13 we, we have our first example and that is Samson now all of you I'm sure you know the story of God how he mildly used Samson to destroy the Philistines but see God did something interesting because Samson was simply following the law of God in his hairstyle. If you remember, you know, Samson's mother was visited by the angel of God and the, and the angel told him, let a, a razor not touch his head. 
So we saw in Judges 13 verse 5, For look, you are conceiving and bearing a son, and let no razor come upon his head. For the youth is a Nazarite to God from the womb on, and he shall begin to save Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. You see, it's interesting because if God was against men having long hair, why would he actually command Samson to never cut his hair? And if you remember correctly, Samson actually cutting his hair was the very thing that caused him to grow weak and be captured by the Philistines in the first place. But what was, why was Samson doing this? What was the instruction that he was following? In Numbers, we read about this commandment. All the days of the vow of his separation, a razor does not come upon his head until the days are completed for which he does separate himself to Yahweh. He is set apart. He shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow long. So this is the Nazarite vow. It's a vow that anyone can, could take um, if they so please. And the part of this vow was that they are not allowed to shave or a razor, not even allowed to touch their head. So clearly, God was not offended by men having long hair if he instructed it in the Nazarite vow as a way to set yourself apart. Set apart means holy, by the way. So God can't be like, I don't like men with long hair if he is actually instructing it. And this is where it gets interesting because Paul said something really interesting right before he in the first verse of that chapter of, of talking about long hair. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Paul says, become imitators of me as I am of Messiah. So Paul is saying, guys, okay, what I'm about to tell you, like if you guys are confused, just kind of look at what I'm doing, you know, because if you look at what I'm doing, you'll be fine because I only imitate what Messiah does, what Yeshua does. And of course, now what did Paul do? I want to submit that Paul even had long hair at some point because Paul himself also did the Nazarite vow. So we read this in Acts 21, verse 23. So do this, what we say to you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be cleansed with them and pay their expenses so they shave their heads. And all shall know that they have been informed about you is not so. That you yourself also walk orderly, keeping the Torah. So in Acts 21, they're actually telling Paul, Paul, we want you to demonstrate to all these people that you do keep the Torah. You keep the law of God. You're not disobedient. And by the way we want you to do this is keep an Nazarite vow. These men are taking, taking a vow, take a vow with them. Go and then, you know, after a while, you will, you will, you will shave your heads. You will cleanse yourselves, etc. You make your offerings, etc. And then everyone's going to know, oh, he does keep the law because he's keeping a Nazarite vow. Guys, to keep a Nazarite vow... You may not shave your head. Paul must have been keeping the Nazarite vow in accordance to numbers, especially if he's trying to prove the point that he is keeping the Torah. So Paul himself is saying, it seems like he's saying later, it's a shame for man to have long hair. But he himself had long hair, at least for a certain while. That's crazy, guys. So that we need to have some red flags going at this point because... This doesn't make any sense for Paul to say this. What does he really mean by these verses in Corinthians? 1 Corinthians 11 verse 5. And every woman praying or prophesying with her head uncovered brings shame to her head. For that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it is a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered. 
So Paul is talking about head coverings and, and he's saying that for a woman, if she were to have pray and prophesy over her head uncovered, it would be as if she would be shaved. Not the same, but as if she is shaved. Why? Because we need to understand that in the culture that women had to wear head coverings because that was the, if they're married, that was the picture of them being married. So if a woman came into a church and covered her head and, and uh, praying and prophesying, she's up there in front praying and prophesying over the congregation or whatever, and she's taking off her head covering, it looks, it's, it's, it would be a shame to her because that would be what an adulteress would do in their culture. In their culture, if you were married and you take off your head covering as a woman, that would be like today taking off your wedding ring when you're going into a place of fellowship you've got the wrong intention usually. Or there's some other motivation where you're saying, I don't want to be part of my husband. I don't respect the covering of my husband. I don't submit to my husband, etc. There's all these connotations that were connected with a woman taking off her head covering in the culture. And therefore, um, it, was, it, it would be a shame to her. Now, why a shame? Because there was a Roman law that the punishment for an adulteress, in other words, a woman who would go and take off her head covering, therefore proclaiming to the world around her that she is available, even if she's not, in other words, if she's an adulteress, the punishment for that would be that she would be shaved, of her head would be shaven off her. And so if a woman was walking in the Roman culture without any hair, Everyone would recognize that, oh, she does not have hair because she's been punished for the act of adultery. So that is why it is a shame for her to have her head shaven. And Paul is talking to, a, he's writing this letter to a congregation. They understand this. This is why he is saying it. He's writing in a way that they would understand. He's saying, guys, it would be as if she is shaved because everyone knows that that would be a shame. So first off, Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 is directly speaking to Roman a culture or the, the, the culture in, of the church, uh, the, the people in the time of the people he was writing to. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 4, we read that every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, brings shame to his head. And so Paul here is talking about if a woman when she must have her head covered when she prays or prophesies because that would bring honor to her head. That would bring honor to her husband. She, that's the picture of her submitting to her husband. But a, but a man, opposite, he should not cover his head. He should have his head uncovered because if he covers his head, that would be a shame to his head, which is God. If you want to understand more around head coverage, I encourage you to watch my series of women in ministry where I in detail talk about head coverings. A man cannot cover his head because his head is Messiah. His head is God. And if he covers his head, that would be like saying, oh, there is someone else. I am God. I have got some, someone, some person or someone, something else that covers me instead of God. And that's why we bring this honor to his head, which is God. And so then Paul goes on and he says that does not nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a shame to him. And if a woman has long hair, it is an esteem to her because the long hair has been given to her over against the veil. Again, if a woman had long hair, she would be identified as being a modest woman. But if she had short hair or shaved hair, she would be considered an adulteress because that would have been the capital punishment for an adulteress in Roman culture. So similarly, just because that's how a woman is ashamed in the culture, it's the same for a man. So let me show you what the Roman culture back then 
thought about in terms of mane and long hair. So Shiro Victoria in the Encyclopedia of Hair, A Cultural History, wrote the following. The culture imperative to follow these styles was strong. Roman men who wore beards were not admitted to their places in the Senate unless they shaved their beards. Slaves still wore beards, however, as a way to distinguish them from other men. Later, they were expected to shave their faces when beards came back in style for Roman citizens. So we saw that men who had long beards in Roman society could not even take part in the Senate and the slaves had to do an op something opposite um, because that's how they distinguished themselves from the lower classes, the men uh, of Rome. And then furthermore, Victoria writes the following. She quotes about Cicero, a first century Roman politician who wrote the following about hairstyles in, in Rome. How horrible was his approach? How savage, how terrible was he to look at? You would say that if you were beholding one of those bearded men, an example of the old empire, an image of antiquity, a prop of the Republic, his garments were rough, made of this purple worn by the common people you see around us, nearly brown, his hair so rough that at Capua, in which he, for the sake of becoming entitled to have an image of himself, was exercising the authority of a deciferum. It seemed as if he would require the whole supplasia, a street occupied chiefly by perfumers and hairdressers, to make it decent. So Cesaro, this Roman politician, high-class man, is writing about this other man who is got long hair and he's got he's got beard and he, and he's just the kind of rough looking guy and he equated him with an image of the old republic the ancient republic of rome because see believe it or not in ancient rome it was actually acceptable for men to have long hair however it changed when men went into war they started shaving off their heads because the men would, because the other soldiers would grab onto their long hair. And this then started just becoming a cultural norm where men in Roman society had to be cleanly shaved, have short hair, etc. And this was the cultural custom that Paul was writing in the midst of when he wrote his letter to the Corinthians. But see, you would say, oh, Petey, but, but Paul says that. It does not nature itself teach you to shame for a man to have long hair. You see, we need to look at that word for nature and let's see what he really means. The word for nature is phusis in the Greek and it means it can mean nature like we say nature today, like natural or by nature. But it can also mean something very different. It could mean a mode of feeling and acting which by long habit has become nature. So it can also, it's not necessarily that which God created as being natural. It could also be something that, that was not necessarily deemed, made or, or proclaimed as natural by God in creation. But it could also be something that was simply done over and over and over again. And over a long period, it became as nature. You see, if, if, if a woman is asked by a man to marry... And the woman returns to her friends and her workplace and her circles. Everyone is going to ask, so show us the ring. Because there is this understanding that if a man proposes to a woman, he is going to give her a ring. Right? That is the, the cultural thing that has become natural. It is by nature the way we do things in our culture today. And so, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that is God's law. That everyone must have a wedding ring. It is simply the cultural norm. 
And so Paul is actually saying, guys, does not nature itself teach you if a man has long hair, it is a shame to him. Does not what we have been seeing in our culture happening and progressing and growing for the past however many years deemed it natural a shame for a man to have long hair because... We just read about this Roman politician, a high class man, talking, looking down upon men with long hair, even saying men with beards aren't allowed to enter the Senate and partake in the things that men ought to partake in in the day. And so what is Paul really saying here then? You know, if you remember correctly, in the beginning of 1 Corinthians, he talked about if a woman uncovers her head or praying a prophet song, it would be as if her head were shaven. So he makes that equation to make them understand that it would be like you would be like a woman who doesn't have hair. You know, you guys know that that's a woman who's shamed, a woman who's been committing adultery. And that's the picture. And similarly, he's saying if a man covers his head now when praying a prophet song, it would be as if he had long hair, which is a shame too. We must understand that the Roman culture was very much on appearance. You were, you were what you wore. A woman's clothing, a man's clothing, a man's hairstyle, a man's appearance. It was everything to them. It, it showed you your class, where you were a slave, a free man, a, a, etc. Whatever you were was deemed by what you are. We just read also about these slaves who had beards. And that's how they were distinguished from the higher class of man. And so... This is why Paul is speaking in these terms to these people in the church who are very much a part of Roman society. So he's trying to make them understand. You guys know that our, by appearance, we judge very strictly in terms of by appearance. And, and, and so you need to understand that if you do not cover yourself or if you uncover yourself, it would be a shame in the same manner of how people would be shamed by their appearance in our society. Cultural trends come and go in different societies, different countries have different cultural trends and it changes over the years. I just mentioned about how Roman ancient Rome had long hair. We had then the Roman Empire where it was back to short hair for men. Then we, you know, we got the dark ages in Europe where it was long hair was very much accepted. We have today where long hair has also been accepted by most. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that this part that Paul is talking about, these scriptures, 1 Corinthians 11 is not about hairstyles. It would not have been that God never said a thing. He would, he, God would command people to do Nazarite vows to make sure they don't cut their hair. He would do all these things that are on contrary. Now, suddenly Paul comes out of nowhere and he's like, oh, guys, by the way, uh, all the, you know, guys, you're not allowed to have long hair ever. That's like the commandment of God. If Paul did that, he would be coming out of nowhere with such a commandment. He would be adding to the law of God and he would actually be a false prophet according to Deuteronomy. 4 verse 2 and so we know that Paul is not a false prophet he's not adding to the law he's only trying to make a point in, 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 in terms of coverings and so if you want to understand what he really meant in terms of what he really talked about in 1 Corinthians 11 in terms of the head coverings, I encourage you to watch my series Women in Ministry, where I in detail dig into the Roman culture, the head coverings, what it represented and what Paul really meant in this chapter. So guys, can we please stop with the comments on men with long hair? It is not necessary for us to push our likes and dislikes, just like that Roman high class man who thought of himself as someone qualified 
to do such a thing, to throw our likes and dislikes on someone's appearance on them and use God's word to try and make them feel guilty or use God's word to make them feel like God doesn't love or God doesn't accept or because that's God never commented on how a man's hair ought to be. The only thing that stands is that a man ought to not dress like a woman and a woman ought to not dress like a man. We are to dress in our gender. But if a man dresses in a way that all everyone can see this is a man, there is no problem. Alright guys, I hope this encouragement blessed you. May God bless you and keep you, shine his face upon you, lift up his cons upon you, and I'll see you guys in the next video. If this teaching blessed you, I encourage you to become a patron of this ministry to help me to make more of these videos for the body of Christ. Subscribe to this YouTube channel and like this video, and I'll see you guys in the next